You're listening to Leadership Double XL, created and written by Andreas von der Heidt, senior tech executive, global leadership expert and coach, LinkedIn influencer, author, and disruptive thinker. Narrated by Graham King. Today's episode, how to become a master of creativity. Attitude. Masters of creativity are masters of creativity because they know how to think and not necessarily what to think. If you really want to become more creative, you can become significantly more creative both in your personal and professional life by adopting a specific mindset and applying particular strategies and techniques. You might not become the next Albert Einstein, but you certainly will become much, much more creative than someone who does not know the contents and methods described in this article. You could even become a master of creativity yourself if you were willing to work hard enough on yourself. According to research at Cambridge University, it doesn't matter in what order the letters in a word are. The only important thing is that the first and last letter be in the right place. By nature, we have the talent to make sense of these smashed letters as we have the gift to immediately see essential aspects as the human mind looks at things in a holistic manner. The only problem is that as adults, we have unlearned and forgotten how to look at things differently and how to think like a child. Pablo Picasso once said, every child's an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. In other words, how can we relearn how to think like a child? I'm very fortunate having worked in the past for some of the most creative and innovative companies in the world. What I've learned and practiced there in respect of increasing my own as well as others' creativity, I'd like to share with you in this article by the superb books of Michael Macalco. Thinker Toys and Cracking Creativity Firstly, you need to follow a specific creative thinking attitude as the basis for any sustainable improvements. It consists of three levels, topic of this article. Afterwards, in a second step, you can train your creativity skills by utilizing different techniques and exercises. Topic of my next article, when I'll present you my favorite creative techniques and practical exercises. Level 1 Acquire and cultivate a creative thinking pattern. Thinking without limits and limitations. Consider yourself an active subject rather than a passive objective. Meaning, you're the acting and driving force. You can do, influence, and change whatever you'd like to do. If you believe it, you become this person and the world around you will follow. If, however, if you were to limit yourself by believing that you can't do it, then your environment would make you adjust to it. Often, the difference between a creative and non-creative person is that the creative person believes that they are creative and less creative person believes they're not. A very powerful technique is to repeat to yourself or write down what psychologists call positive affirmations. Acting like a creative person. Once you'll have started visualizing yourself as a creative person by having applied positive self-affirmations, for example, you'll start believing that it's true. And with such a belief, it will become true, since naturally, you'll focus more on related occasions and own behaviors which lead to good personal experiences and success. And success will breed more success. You will begin to be more creative than you would have thought possible at first. Once you assume with deep, honest intentions the role of a certain person, and if you constantly cultivate her behavior, her modus operandi, her movements and motions, her way to approach topics, 
and eventually you'll become very similar to this person. Being joyful and positive. Creative people are what I refer to as HPCDA persons or happy, positive, can-do attitude persons. They think in terms such as what is, how do we do it differently, what else can be done, instead of what it isn't, how not to do it, or what else is not working. They would look for various options and create their own solutions in reality. Deciding to be happy. If you're negative, you can't be creative. Your thoughts affect your attitude, which in turn affects your behavior. To close the circle, in return, your behavior determines your attitude. The good news is, you can change your thoughts and yourself with will, energy, and focus. A successful technique is to trigger positive emotions by thinking for some moments about joyful and pleasant social occasions, like gathering with family and friends, great parties, etc. Another effective technique is to model and mimic happy people, their faces, voices, postures, etc. Unconsciously, we'll become happier ourselves. Strengthening your resilience level. Getting back on track again after difficult experience and losses, not giving up, and instead bouncing back to the original or even into a stronger position than before is what we call resilience. There are people who naturally possess certain personality traits that assist them with coping with setbacks and bringing them quickly back on a good track. Today we know that many of these skills can be learned by anyone. As such, they will help you tackle past or upcoming problems head-on and to become more creative and more successful. Resilient people never give up until they find a solution. Being determined to learn. Creativity is like many other personal characteristics, not something which is genetically determined, although many people still believe so and or would like to think so in order to make things easier for themselves by pretending they're not able of doing it and learning it anyway. In reality, there's no secret to creativity. You do not need a magic wand to acquire creative skills. Instead, a strong will and determination is needed to embark on the creativity adventure by wanting to study specific strategies and techniques. Never accepting the first best solution. Some people will never become a master of creativity based on one simple reason. As soon as they found an answer or a solution, they stop thinking and searching. They're happy gobbling down fast food and not willing to wait for a nice steak, lobster, and a salad in a nice restaurant. They're satisfied with the best solution that comes along. Statistically, however, there's no reason that the first answer is the best one. Often, as we all know, it would have been better to continue our search, to generate more options, to evaluate them a little bit longer, and then make a more profound and more creative decision. Asking, asking, and asking. Have you ever observed a master of creativity? One thing he would do most of the time is ask questions, questions, and more questions. He would write something in his little black book or in his iPad. Like a child, he would ignore the irritated faces of grown-ups who have been asked tons of questions by their little ones, or who have, in their opinion, been asked even too many questions. Instead, the creative mind would indulge himself in satisfying his lust for curiosity by throwing questions at them. It does not take a creative genius to ask questions. It takes courage, curiosity, persistency, patience, and sometimes charm, sensitivity, 
and politeness, plus the willingness to listen, an attitude unfortunately not many people are used to practicing any longer in today's hectic times. Collecting, storing, and organizing information. Masters of creativity love collecting tons of information. Quantity is king for them, rather than quality to start with. They believe that the more information they acquire, the more perspectives they can obtain, and the higher the probability will be to generate proper solutions. Afterwards, they store collected information and ideas in order to browse through them over and over again. They judge the value of all the information pieces and ideas by having set up criteria which suit the specific problems, like which criteria are essential, desirable, optional, etc. Often, they will add their own experience and intuition to judge and rank the ideas. Finally, they will discuss their ideas with other people to get feedback, to refine them, and to further develop them. Level 2. Understand the benefit of changing perspectives. In the next step, you should embrace the concept of altering your perspective when looking at a problem. You can vastly expand your possibilities until you realize something new once you've changed your point of view. That's why highly creative people love playing around with changing perspectives like little kids love pretending to be their favorite comic book heroes, sports idols, etc. Masters of creativity constantly try to find new perspectives on an issue by reconstructing and remodeling it in some way. If they're lost or stuck, they would look at it in different ways until they come up with one or various solutions. The more times you express a problem in a different way, the more likely it is that you'll arrive at a new and deeper perspective. That's how you remodel and reconstruct your problem. Switch perspectives. The more often and more diverse, the better. Question everything. Don't accept anything. Chunk up. Generalize the problem in hand by making it more abstract. And also, chunk down. Go deeper and deeper to the root of the issue by making it more specific. Change the sentences and the words of the problem statement by rephrasing it. Use whatever words you'd like to. There's no right and wrong. Separate the parts from the whole. Fractionalize the problem. Slice it apart piece by piece. Move from one detail to another until you arrive at its origin. Examine all the factors and relationships that may influence the issue. A highly effective exercise to change perspectives. Let's assume you have a great new business idea. You're just at the beginning of wanting to evaluate it and you're not sure about how to undertake next steps to further reviewing it. That's a classic example of trying to look at your idea using multiple perspectives. In the first step, write down your business idea from your point of view. Formulate the idea, its USP, etc. In the second step, write it from the perspective of potential customers. How would they describe it? What's important to them? What would they possibly like and not like? In the third step, formulate the idea from the perspective of other key stakeholders, like possible business partners, employees, investors, relevant organizations, etc. Finally, synthesize all perspectives into one all-encompassing idea statement. Having written multiple versions from different perspectives on the same idea, you'll have generated different perspectives with different possibilities. Highly creative people would even go a step further. They would imagine that they represent the problem, that they are the problem, or at least part of it, which sometimes is the case in reality. 
It's what I call being in the eye of the storm. By trying to see the problem from its own perspective, they somehow merge with the problem. As a consequence, they often find truly innovative and creative solutions. Imagine you're the product manager at a sporting goods company, and you were asked to develop and market a new ball for the NFL's next Super Bowl championship game. Following the in the eye of the storm approach, you might ask yourself the following questions. How would I feel being the new ball? How would I like to fly through the air? What would I like to achieve? How would others like to play with me? How could I score best? Level 3. Aspire to be a non-expert. Many people strive to become an expert of some sort. They often believe that it's needed to get recognition and to build their credibility upon. Masters of creativity, however, have realized that the more expert you become, the more difficult it is to stay open-minded and to produce truly creative ideas. In this third and most challenging level, towards becoming a creative mind, it's all about not specializing your thinking and not becoming an expert. Experts often put borders and imaginative walls around their thinking. They have a tendency to build their searching strategies on what they know best. As a result, they often arrive at repetitive and useless conclusions. They fail to investigate the whole issue by only looking at known parts of it. On the contrary, non-experts approach issues with a non-polluted mind. Since they lack expertise and as such are borderless thinkers, they can pull any problem apart, look at every single piece of it, and often come forward with creative and innovative ideas. Non-experts get inspired by other non-experts who themselves are full of ideas and imagination. They would talk to and interview people from totally different backgrounds like being far away from their problem at hand. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some valuable nuggets out of it. To learn more about Leadership XXL, have a look at the latest book of Andreas, which is called The Seven Qualities of Tomorrow's Top Leaders, or contact him directly via LinkedIn. Looking forward to talking to you in the next episode of the Leadership XXL podcast.